these players. They can conjure up tries from anywhere. Anything can happen. Having said that, there's no doubt the battle is going to be waged in the middle, in the trenches. It'll be physical. It'll be brutal. The collisions will be violent. We'll watch. We'll cringe at the cruelty. But it's compelling viewing. You won't be able to look away. I think this game will only play out one way. It's a simple law of the jungle. Only the strongest will survive. The doors are locked. Welcome to the NRL Supercoach War Room. This is where the most important decisions of your year will be made. The most important game of all. This is where we talk about Supercoach. I'm your host, Obi, and of course, I'm joined for the first time and for what I hope is a long time with my co-host, Jay. Mate, how are you? Oh boy, I am fired up. Fired up. That's what I like to hear. Ready to talk some super coach. It has been a long time coming. Um, Mate, tell the viewers, you know, tell the war rumors a little bit about yourself. Well, as uh, Obi said, my name is Jay. I've I actually started out on fantasy, so I wasn't a super coach to start with. Uh, Obi and a few of the other boys were playing it, so it took them a little bit to drag me around. And once I sort of got in, I didn't realize how much the higher ceiling is over on the Supercoach side. We like that cash. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they like the high ceiling players. Um, it just more rewards attacking players and stuff. And the big thing is I just wanted the banner with the boys. So I jumped over from fantasy um, where I've actually did my best work in fantasy. My claim to fame was I did get a top 50 way back in the day. I've been holding on to that for the last 10 years. So yeah, that's my claim probably to fame. 10, 11 years. <laughs> I don't even know if it's been going that long, but about, about that. Uh, how many teams have you made so far? Uh, this is probably about my 600th team, I reckon. Yeah. yeah so about well, halfway through. <laughs> underestimate, I, w- I, would, I would say. Um, and what is your strategy for the year, mate? What are you thinking? Before we get there, want to tell them a bit about yourself, a bit about your past. Oh, of course. I, you know, I'm, I'm Obi. I play with a heart. I don't like the stats. Uh, make sure my players pass the eye test, of course. Big vibe, man. Big vibe, man. Big vibe, man. <laughs> Big vibe. I like to watch my players. We've got a, got a great, great culture in the team. Um, and, and it is all about, you know, are they passing that eye test? Are they giving it a go? Are they playing with all of their hearts? That's, that's what I get excited about. They call you the cash king, don't they? Well, I, I do like to play overall and, until about round nine or ten and then, yes, I operate on the cashies. No, no, no. It is always about the overall. Um, um, big goals this year. I am getting myself that key ring. Uh, this podcast is going to guarantee it, I'm sure. Are we after drummies this year? Is that the goal? Drummies for all. No, I'm devastated. I, you know, I'd much rather the key ring with the little super coach emblem on there. I'd, I'd wear that proudly. But, uh, you know, I'll, t- I'll take a drumstick. I'll take a drumstick. The top uh, thousand, that's what I'm going for. Drummies and socks. That's what we're after. Drummies and socks. Uh, we've got a good show planned for you guys. We're going to talk a lot about super coach. Uh, as, as, as Statsberg, as we like to call him, Jay, he will dive earth deep, you know, to the core of the earth with the stats. And we're going to talk about a lot of players. We're going to give you a lot of things to think about. Um, and we're going to go through our, go through our teams. But um, as The early a, team reveal. The early team reveal, it will change many times, I'm sure, many times. We'll just throw out some players, players for the people. Yeah, absolutely. And look, honestly, let's get into it. I want to hear about your team. What is your? Do you have an overall strategy that you're using this year? Do you? What What are you thinking? What's the thought process behind your team? Just before we get into it. Well, like I was saying to you a bit early in the preseason, like one of the big things for me leading up to, especially the last couple of years, where I had a really good start last year, is how they're going to referee the game. That I think that's massive. Is do we think it's going to be as many six agains? I is, sure freaking hope not. <laughs> well, they slowed down the end of last year. 
Oh, and mate, I was pulling out my hair last year. I was like, stop blowing the pee out of it. Stop it. <laughs> like, you know, the team gets momentum or the opposite is, you know, if, if you were bar- barracking for the other team, it's just, yeah, it just couldn't get on top. The momentum just kept going. I, I feel like, especially, you know, those first six to 10 rounds, they did absolutely get better. The final series was great, but they just were blowing the pee out of it. They, they yeah, you know, the, I really, I love the collisions. I, I love rugby league, the, the hardness of it, the gladiators out there. Um, and, you know, especially some of Victor Radley's shots, like they were chest height <laughs> at best and sent off. Unbelievable. Well, like the final series has done my head in a little bit because, like every year, they put the they put the whistle away. It was a very defense orientated final series, and a lot of the preseason, I was thinking, are they gonna because that was the best football we've seen? Are they gonna revert back to that sort of style of play? But with the new rule about penalties inside your own forty, maybe it's just gonna go straight back to this, like you know, attack, 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 and they're just gonna have more attack and prowess. And you know, that strategy the Panthers used in the grand final of just giving away the early set of six, won't be here anymore. You, If you do that, you'll be straight into a defense in your own yard. I definitely like the new rules. I definitely like that, you know, taking out that repeat set of six inside the inside the, inside the the own 40. Um, and it's definitely going to bring the big men back into it a little bit, which I like. Uh, but, you know, t- talking strategy and, and, yeah, the referees are absolutely going to have a part of it. Um, you know, I guess my overall team strategy for this year is I definitely, you know, you've got to play to those those positions that have that really high ceiling. You know, those are your fullbacks, those are your it's halves. A new way of the game. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of us last year we went the really cheapy center wings, um, and and maybe maybe that one gun there. I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it's not a bad strategy to have a couple of solids. Stalwarts in your team that are going to stay there for a while. People that you are going to back. Uh, you know, I think Toa is probably a little bit too expensive with some of the other guns That's that we've got to get in. That's where I got away in. good last year. I started with Toa. Um, I did start with Brian Kelly, but I was like water, so I switched to Ruben Gehrig very quickly when Turbo come back in. I had a lot of good outside backs that scored a lot of good You're points. Flexible. I've never known you to be flexible. Fluid like water, baby. Oh, bamboo. Moving in the wind. I like it. Like the thing about last season is a lot of players hit their probably the best season they've ever had. So it's made it hard for people like me who like to jump on players that aren't necessarily coming off their best seasons but players that might be better value because they are just about to hit that. But since last year everyone's numbers went up, makes it a little bit harder to find those, you know, golds it, in the rough. It is true. Like that is a really good observation. You know, I, I feel like some super coach seasons in the past, you've just got those solid players that you would just get in each and every season. Obviously CP13, you know, the God, you'd always have Corey Parker. Uh, like even players like Jay Turbo have fallen off. Um, but yeah, no, good thing. I think that's that's my strategy. You, you know, your gun halves are as best as you can possibly do in the current environment. Some expensive players out there. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. Well, me um, personally, like, um, shout out to Jason Phillips. That was one of his big questions on the page is, you know, what is the different team strategies? And we touched on, like, back in the day it was guns, rookies, guns, rookies. That's what most mm. people did. Maybe a few solid middies with good base in the middle, whereas. Where in, are the cheapies? Well, you may, Bring yeah, me some cheapies. Well, you mentioned high ceiling, and that seems to be the, the new way to play. Like, my strategy has always been is to, I think with my team so much during the offseason that I know a lot of different combos. So when TLT comes, I'm not really searching for peeps of different players because I know the players I like and then I just have to fit them around the must-haves around TLT because there's always going to be must-have cheapies, must-have sort of guns, 
Trials is going to show you play, players like Ewan Aiken, if they're playing outside SJ, lock them in. If, let's say, Fafita's playing outside Sexy Sexton, you oh, might have to go to the pun oh, and lock him start in. start talking about David Fafita. It's, too, <laughs> early. it's too early. I'll get too excited. Come on. <laughs> the Robin. The meter eater, David Fafita. Bring him in. But, yeah, so my other thing is I just listen to heaps of potties. Like I know you are, like, exclusively with the SC experience. You, like, barely branch shout out. out. To the, shout out to the Super Coach experience, boys. <laughs> Sav, Mike. No, Mike, Sav's and the gang on no them. one. I That's love you. I, I listen to a few others. It's just I love oh. the banner, boys. Well, well see, I jump onto a lot, like, the dual position. I know you're not the biggest fan of them, boys, but I don't mind the dual position, boys. Our champion to start at Fig Jam, um, the 360 boys at Super Coach. They've just drop one same with the playbook but one of my big things that i don't know if a lot of classic players do but i listen to um a group for this natty and wooker they run one that's called the weekly rubdown mm. and it's not a classic based one but it's a draft based one and the problem with us classic players is sometimes we get too tunnel visioned into prices who's going to go up who's going to go down is it value for Love money that cash. Yeah, that's the thing we're all about value for money whereas if you listen to them it sort of splits players from being like oh, all right this is who they think's going to score the most this is who they think's going to score the most in these positions and it sort of narrows you down if you're split between two people you can find value by they're like okay they're rating that guy really highly and they're not looking at money at all they're purely looking at points value this is what you do to me every time i know i'm going to change my team four five six <laughs> times during this podcast i'd say you you and your points you and your points but hey talking about teams let's get into it uh look we are all aware of the obvious fact the teams are going to change a lot we've got trials to come um we're going to be looking at performs uh, you know we're going to be looking at performances we're going to be looking Looking how some of the different team co- the combinations, especially some of the new ones, gel. We're going to be looking at you know where players are playing, what position, um, and you know I I hate to say it, but you know injuries will unfortunately come into play. Um, but well, they gave us the extra trades, baby. That's oh, what they're saying. Oh, 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 oh. My prayers have been answered. 42, 42 trades. Uh, I am a little bit of a tradeaholic, so uh, very, very happy. With, very, very happy with that. And we'll touch on the rule changes a little bit later. But let's get into the teams. I'm excited to talk some Super Coach. I want to see who you've got, so I can copy, of course. But um, <laughs> where do you want to start? I, I think we start at the. I, I think we start at the back. I love starting at the back. I think uh, like fullback's pretty locked in for most people. You and I may not have the same, may have the same, but I'm assuming we've got the same. Um, I've gone with the, uh, the the tried and tested combo of Teddy and Puppy. Mm. Um, the big questions are coming in from a lot of people. I know we had Jared Oss, one of the big contributors on the page so far. He asked, is Turbo a must-have? And just on the page, if you haven't joined it, NRL Supercoach War Room. Um, look, we, we we got to 200 followers. That got me quite excited. We only kicked it off a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we love our listeners. We want to be asking questions. We're loving the contributions early. A lot oh, of people. Get in. into it. Get into it. And also it. a lot of appreciation from a lot of our podcasts too. They're throwing their weight behind the community, which is very good to see. It's always good to get backed up from all the boys. So, But, yeah, Jared Oss is like, is Turbo a must-have? I say no just because that, like, to me, it's like the Lamar Jackson effect in the NFL. In the NFL fantasy, he put up numbers no one had ever seen before. So he was going in our league the year after. He went pick one, like number one pick overall from your brother who was just overzealous, called himself the Lamars or something, like Lamar V. Back or some weird name like that. And then he went in and then he just had, like, wasn't a bad season. 
but it's just it's so hard to repeat the best season people have seen and that's what Turbo will have to do. Look, Turbo see, I, 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 I go and I go to the pub. I walk, I walk into the pokey room, and, and you know the bully, the bullfighter catches my eye. So I do like a gamble, and <laughs> and then Turbo, I think that's that sums him up perfectly. Like Turbo is a gamble. It, you can do so much more with your team if you don't have Turbo in it, but. On the other side is yeah. it's turbo. Turbo's you know, the biggest contradiction there is in the game at the moment. Oh, like it's it's like hundred and fifty. It's hundred and fifty to two hundred plus captain. Um, something like that. It really does set you apart. It it can it can split you from the crowd, and you just love watching the guy play as well. He is yeah, absolute. You freak. hate trying to death ride Teddy. Uh, I meant turbo. I did it last year, and he um, bombed oh, my season. He's bringing it up. I he thought it would be too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> For anyone uh, who's going to follow, I'll bring this up all year but i was sitting around 900th and anyways was survivor girl once said like i'm not here for fifth place and i happened to watch that episode one week and i was like i'm not in supercoach to get you're not first you're last yeah ribby ricky barbie you're not first you're last i'm happy with the key ring but you know jay's going for number one i want 50 grand i don't know i just like he's coming for you moody i want to win and um unfortunately i death rode uh turbo and i didn't captain him and i think i captain ponga or someone who ended up getting like 70 75 and i'm like not too bad toby hits 200 and then the next week i did it again with it someone was more else. than 200 I it's like 217 <laughs> and i remember it because he wore the wore the armband for me that way oh it was glorious so that dropped me back to two and a half thousand and then i did it again the next week and he puts up 180 or something and my captain put up 60 and then i stopped playing for the last like four or five weeks yeah i just switched <laughs> up and being like well, you were there oh, stop playing ran out of trades you know oh, one you of know the two i love to burn a trade yeah so you've gone Teddy and Puppy as mm. as your fullbacks. Well, this oh, is, yeah, I was going to say this is where something like um the weekly rubdown is massive for me because they've ranked in their top five picks in draft. Turbo a clear one, Cleary a clear two, and then they have Teddy and Puppy at three and four interchangeable. Mm. And I'm like, they're if they're three and four, and Turbo's one, and there you can get both of them for pretty much the same price. Points-wise, Turbo can probably, you know, outdo them. But if he regresses a little bit and they go up a little bit, you know, you I, I just think it's crazy. Like, it's not crazy, but, like, anyone who goes Turbo, he's definitely in pod territory at the moment. He's, like, 10% owned or something crazy. Yeah. But it, the Teddy-Turbo combo is going to be – I mean, the Teddy-Pups combo is going to be – I massive. made a couple of Turbo teams, and it is it, – like, the, the team just looks so much better. It looks so much more spread. You've got more even talent around if you don't have him. At the moment, I've got Teddy and I've got Puppy. One of the biggest regrets of my season last year was starting with uh, the Gatherino over a little – Puppy, um, and uh, honestly, round two, I, I I had to turn off. It was Friday night football. I had to turn it off. I couldn't watch him anymore. I was dying inside. Um, and but for me, it's, it's you got three choices. Like it is three choices. If you're thinking of anyone else, look, I appreciate someone that's going a pod like Reese Walsh. Something that may pay off. Warriors don't have a bad run. Um, you know, obviously Fat Trell, he's out to. Uh, oh, I'm a Roosters fan. I'm a diehard Roosters fan. I'm, I, you know, so don't don't hate me for hating on Latrell, but I do. Um, and, and you know, he obviously he's not back to round three. 
Ponga. He's a freak. You know, he had an injury, injury-affected season last year. But I, I just think it's a clear-cut three, and it's such an important position. Um, it's, some, it's, it's those players that you will be moving in and out. And say Turbo does come out and he pops out an 80, pops out 110, he's still losing a bunch of money um, and someone you can target after the first couple of rounds for sure. Do you know Latrell averaged four points less than Teddy last year? Yeah, but Teddy, Teddy had the Teddy had all the responsibility on his back. You know, he couldn't play his natural game. Obviously, losing Luke Keary in round three that was tough on us. Like Teddy was playing as a full, he was playing a couple of positions out there in the field. To be fair, yeah, but you could also make the argument that Teddy had way more ball. Like he was a, such a more of a ball player last year. Mate, we had half the Bears team playing. Teddy's going to okay. Teddy, but all I'm saying is you bag on Latrell. For anyone who wants to go Latrell, Latrell's put up decent numbers, and depending on the I guess, involvement now that Reynolds is gone. If they're leaning on Latrell more plus goal kicking on top of that, Latrell's not the worst option depending if a bunny's got a good run. There is a perfect example for you, War Rooms, of who you want to listen to here because yeah, <laughs> Jay going into the stats, very deep diving where uh, if I don't like fire, not in my team. You know, the super coach is so important. It's my second job. It's a full-time job. Um, and I want to watch all Every game, every weekend, and I don't want to love every single one of them, you know, <laughs> right or die, you know, good or bad. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be riding them. So you've got Teddy and Pups at fullback. Uh, is there any other fullbacks that we haven't talked about that, you know, you do want to mention here? Obviously, Turbo's a freak. Ponga's great. I just, I don't, other than, not even Ponga, I don't see any nights. Oh, Chris Randall. Shout out to Chris Randall. We <laughs> needed you. The hero we needed. Well, I just you're, missing, don't s- you're missing the number five fullback from last year, Gutherino. Oh yeah, the guts. But yeah, I think the Eels. You know he's got go two down. months of a hundred and twenty average, and then he's got two months of a. This is such an important anyway. position. You you just got to go. You just got to go one of those three for mine. Yeah, definitely. You can't go against the three, but if there there is a world where a player like Latrell, maybe even later in the season, Sharks have a very good draw. And Nico Hines even comes into play if maybe one of the big three get injured, and you do want to pot it. But in in my world. It's like Teddy Puppy is the smartest play. Turbo was around 900K, then suddenly, you know, it'd be big, big, big talking point to whether I'd go up to him. I or don't not. even know if he'll ever get to that this season. Hey, uh, I know that you, uh, you think he won't reach the heights of last year, but let's move on. Let's move to the center, the wings. Who have you got in your center wings? Tell us. I'm sure there's a few smokies here. Well, actually, I've gone um, last year, I put in a few big price players, like I said, but this year, I'm pretty much flipping that whole plan. I just don't think the bad teams are going to be as bad this year. I think the good teams will be just as good, but I think last year there wasn't really much of a preseason. No one really knew the rules. There wasn't no tape on the rules. This year, not only does everyone have a whole preseason besides Nelson, but he's back, baby. He's back. But they also have a preseason to tape of just how to defend what happened last year and just defend their line, defend multiple sets. And on top of that, teams like the Bulldogs and Broncos, who if you had a Teddy, a Puppy, a Turbo playing them, you can lock in 100 to 200 points. I just don't think that's the same this year. Broncos, although they're not going to be world beaters, one of their biggest problems is they just can't get into the right positions. And now Reynolds... They won't make the eight. I don't know. <laughs> The Bronx. It's the Bronx. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's those seven and eight positions are up for grabs for any team. Like I'm like I'm Kevy's a coach. Yeah, well that's a big thing. But like the thing is, is Reynolds is going to be kicking them into more attacking positions. 
So from like, they're just not going to be as on the back foot. He's going to kick them out of trouble more. Bulldogs, Gus Gould's cleaning that place up off the park. Same with Tigers. And I think a big thing about rugby league is if you have a good boardroom, if you have a good office off the field, the Broncos even got the old storm manager, Dave Donahue. You have that going off the field, it reflects on the field. Back office is super important. And you are right. You know, there there will there won't be as big of a gap as we saw last year. Um so I think I'm, obviously COVID's gonna play a part and and how that decimates teams and, and that's a little bit unpredictable. Injuries always come into play. Uh, but you know, there won't be as big a gap. Your bulldog bulldogs have recruited pretty well. I don't think they'll still be good. I think it'll definitely take yeah. them a long time to gel all of the pressure on poor old Matty Burton's shoulders there. Uh the Tigers are building to something. Like, come on, Dewey the Dewey. Bring him back. Round <laughs> six, apparently. Maybe, maybe. I'll get him in. I like it. Well, no, but on the back of that, it's I've gone all cheapy sort of. Who have you got? Shout us out. So um, my highest price player is one of your favourite players in Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, <laughs> Selwyn Cobbo? <laughs> Where? When? How? What do you mean? Tell us about how do you. Justifications on Selwyn? Yeah, yes, please. Because so Selwyn will here. be taking the. In all reports, this is if I'll pick him if he's on the right wing. So he'll be on the same side as Cotoni, the same side as Reynolds. Cotoni. Cotoni. Yeah, you get me excited. He's a dual player. The dual doesn't mean much because he's fullback, but he's 320K, which isn't um, too bad. But the thing for me is, is he's, he's outside of Cotoni and Reynolds. He averaged about six points in tackle breaks last year playing the centers. If they get a little bit more attacking opportunity this year, he can get just as many tries as Coates did, but he's also got more of a bump, a fan. He was playing fullback in the juniors. And if anyone who watched that win a manly game in the finals last year, he's a throbber. Yeah, you're backing throbber. on the Broncos scoring tries, and I'm, I'm still a little bit doubtful. Adam Glass Reynolds. Well, the thing is, how's last, that ankle going to hold up? How's that knee going to hold well, up? Well, if Reynolds see. or someone goes down, then it might rethink. Oh, like, I can going. see but the season being shattered now. Oh. But for 320k, you can give me someone on the right wing outside of Katoni, someone who fends away. Well, did he you does. see the? Did you see the chat though? Today it was it was it was Farnsworth and Cobo on the left side, and they might be having that. Is it Jordan Perez? Is that is if that that's the case? Recruit? I'd probably change the Pereira. Yeah, if that's if that actually happens. Whoever takes that right wing spot, I'll probably be jumping on. I do like Selwyn. Well, hot property outside Katoni. That's the you thing. know Katoni, hot property. Even though he does have a quick little dummy and run, but it's just the fact that Reynolds can use that to bypass him. Um, I'll quickly run through them and then we can sort of touch on because I'm pretty sure you have a few of the same. But depending on who gets the spots of the Roosters at the moment, I've got Naguama and Suwali in. Naguama. Have you seen the pythons on Kevin Naguama? <laughs> the Wesley wow. Snipes on him. I'm, I'm expecting Naguama to take that left center spot. What a haircut um, as well. Oh, like right, top shelf haircut. Great All season time. in the Super Super League last year. Comes back to the Chooks, playing under Trent Robinson. Oh, we, we could see big things. Top five haircut all time. Oh, You're gonna any team on top What do you that. call that haircut? Oh, you know, it's like the, the, the Buckingham the Buckingham Palace hat. <laughs> it's a, very nice. Come on, I've got him in Sawali. Best provide Sawali goes on the right wing. Um, I've also got Amone, who should be playing 5'8 for Dragons. He's a 5'8 center jewel. And then I've got Oliver Gildart. That could change because I'm not. Oliver Gildart. Talk to me about him. So he's come over from the Super League. There's not really too much to go on with him over there. Um, The reason he's in there, he's only 280K. He's going to be playing in the 
assuming the right center spot, but you just don't know what the Tigers, what their makeup's going to be, even if he's on the left. I think it's just in there for a bit of throw at the dart. That could be just a placeholder. Will Penasini and Tyrone May, these are young, just just pretty much the next things like in their club. 280's not bad though, hey, Gildart. That's the thing. Like there'll be like if Jordan Pereira gets a spot, Selwyn Cobbler goes down to him, Gildart might go up to someone. Maybe even I might look at Coates at 350 depending what happens there. But, you know, it's just it, to me I'm going very cheap in my center wings. And I'm just banking on them starting to chip away at a little bit of money. It's allowed me to spend more money elsewhere in my team where I think it's going to be a bit more short up. And then hopefully, hopefully I can sell some of my bigger players throughout the season and then just upgrade to where I need to be. Hopefully a toll someone comes down a bit and that gap bridges and that's when I can strike. Yeah, not bad. Not not a bad not a bad strategy. Uh, look, it it will be interesting to see what happens with the Roosters backs for mine. Obviously, I'm a big Roosters fan, so I'm excited for that. Um, but you know, you you think Paul Momorowski locks in a locks in a center spot if he's kicking for the Roosters? That's interesting. Um, and then where does that put Kevin Naguama? Obviously, Suwali's the most owned player in Supercoach at the moment, and he is a, like he is an absolute freak. But knowing how Trent Robinson coaches. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite interesting to see how they use him. See uh, see see what see what happens there. If Momo gets that right wing though, <laughs> lock mm. him. Oh in. mate, outside outside Joseph Manu. Yeah, well, I've t- so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my team um, at the moment. So I've got Big Tony because. He's just what he is one of those players that can break it open. I don't like having any Broncos in my A team, Bronco. to be fair. But Big Cotoni, uh, and I just think for 433K, if he does anything near what he's capable of, if he gets some good ball from Reynolds, uh, I, I think that's that's going to be really, really good. Massive ceiling, too. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, uh, well, I just read a report and I, I dropped Kevin Naguama out of my team. I've kept Suwali into my team. Um, but I have added in Joey Manu, which in the past is like, you know, can get a lot of 40s. But apparently, Robinson wants him to be roaming the field a lot more. They want to get him more involved. Uh, predominantly, the Chooks, you know, we, we do go to that left side. We hit that strike weapon, Dan Tupo out the back. Um, but Luke Keary loves to play to his right. If he can stay fit, if he can be out there, um, you know, Keary to Tedesco to Manu, um, it, it could be really, really dangerous. And I do see the Chooks scoring a lot of points this year. So, I, I do. I, I want to go someone that is around that five hundred, that five fifty. It's a it's a big position. One hundred and fifty or a big score from them can make up for some of those other cheaper players in your t- in your team. Is Ruben or Toto get a look in? Who? Ruben Garrick or Brian? No, Tolo? just too much. Like too much with what else I've got to afford. Also thinking. Uh, you know, obviously the news has come out that Cleary might not be fit for round one. He might be, you know, round two, round three. I think he caught COVID. Uh, he's re-injured that shoulder. No, he hasn't re-injured that shoulder, but he, he gave it a little twing at, at, at training apparently. Like roosters pray with your moon water out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, uh, they, they, they got lucky. They got lucky. The water uh, out. You know, Send him down. Props to the Panthers last year. They did They did well, though, and they were one uh, of the best attacking teams. Look, I'd love to help Toe. He's a freak. Absolutely. Get him in. Um, but – it just it's too much, it's too much money. You need to spread that money around the other team. Um, so I've got Isaac Tago uh, at the moment, um, Penasini mm-hmm. as well, uh, and at the moment I've just got another. I've just got enough in there because it just suited my jigsaw puzzle of the center wings. Are you happy to start with enough this year? 
And if, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what enough is, do you want to explain it to them? Yeah, it's just a, it's just a nothing player. Basically, as cheap as you can go, you yeah. put him in there to Probably free up an play. extra 30, 40, 50K. Uh, they might, you know, a good strategy for the nuff is they might play a little bit later in the season. Yeah, you know, origin. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or maybe even sooner. They're only one injury away from the team. Um, and I've seen I've seen teams actually that are uh, looking at the strategy of going like three nuffs or four nuffs, but it's obviously an overall strategy. If you, you know, I think a key part of super coach is while you need to make sure that your seventeen that are on the park are scoring good points, you also still want to be making money. So you can upgrade those those middies to guns later. You can get you can get better guns in there. But there is a strategy, sort of like people last year. They took the punt on uh, probably the goat nuff of all time, Sammy Walker, mm. comes into the squad. Like you know, the wonder kid, the, season, the, the next kid. Joey from Ipswich, Ipswich Red. Ah, oh, up wonder here in Queensland, kid. couple the of Queensland kid. boys here. Love you, Sammy. Yeah, he come in and he um, what well, he got up to like six, seven hundred thousand at stages last year. He was killing it. He was freak. They, they would rain in it. I, th- I think teams would have figured out that big cutout pass that he's got. Um, and that is a very nice segue into the halves. What are you doing with the halves? Who have you got? Um, I've gone very risky in the halves. So my backups are um, very risky. Lachlan Ilias, um, I think 95% of people have him. Uh, Jackson Hastings. So he killed it yeah, in the Super Jacko. League. Yeah, Jacko. He'll be looking good. We killed it in the Super League. He is coming into a Tigers team. He should have kicking the Dewey's out. Um, he should have the 5 spot as well. Uh, look, he, he I've undenied him the whole preseason. I don't. I didn't watch too much Super League. I right. might be wrong here, but did he or did he not get a Man of Steel in the Super League? Yeah, I think he did. Like Man of Steel. Yeah, that's that's team worthy. Lock him in three fifty k. Man of Steel. I'm willing to take the pun. I told you I'm a gambler. Sam Tonkins, uh, Jordan Tanzi. Uh, these are players that also were known as the best <laughs> English players right. when they came Point over. Made. Point and made. They flopped. Zach Hardika was the greatest thing on earth and came over into a Panthers team and flopped. Like the thing that I've got Hastings in is he was a wonder kid at the Roosters when he came through, went to Manly. Apparently one of the biggest things about him was he didn't Shout get out to my players. friend Liv actually just clicking a mission. We actually met Jackson Hastings one night at the uh at the at the Sydney Roosters club and and she was lucky enough and attractive enough to get his number. So uh shout out to Liv Coogan. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Coogs. Um but yeah so Hastings like I'm gonna back him on talent. Um he's got the jewel as well which I like and he's only 350k. Um my two main positions um I want to get Munster in. My name, my, my team name's the Munster's Monarchs. Um, the I, Munster's Monarchs. You, you, like, you like to change every year, don't you? I don't mind a little change up. Um, it's the thing about Munster is that he's just a little bit too expensive, not playing round one. And I hate the last like three Storm players that I've like come out and declared as my favorite players have gone down in smoke. Inglis left us, Widup left us, Tohu left us. Well, he's living clean now. Well, bro, he's, he's living clean. For he's looking good. We've seen what happens when people get off the drink and um, give up those plastic shopping bags that they hand out at Coles. And, and who doesn't love, you know, the Mad Dog? Well, see, I wanted to go the Mad Dog. He will make his way into my team depending what happens after round one. But I'd, uh, I went another Stormer and said we'll talk about it in a sec. But the two players I've got is Sexty Sexton from the Titans, so a massive gamble there. Um, I'm only picking him if he plays inside Dave Fafita. As you know, I'm massively high on Dave Fafita. 
Um, I nearly, me and your brother and Dion got into a massive argument about if David Feed is a good player or not. Um, it's just is he me, a good player or not? Wow. No, well, like their point was defensively he's garbage. My point was is that anyone who's done what, like the original argument started was Kikau got second role of the year last year. And I believe Fafita shat on Kikau when it comes to the season. So that's how that argument started. But my other like half, five eight, well, he's in five eight, is SJ. Um, shout out to, I forgot which podcast was saying it. Maybe, maybe it was even the Rubdown Boys, but they're like, if you, and I even went and checked out, if you go check out SJ's Instagram, anywhere SJ is on socials at the moment. He is looking like the happiest man in the world. He's back. He's back. <laughs> he's back in New home. Zealand jersey. Yeah, he's looking good where he belongs. He looks like Willy Wonka's like granddad when he found out Willy was going to the chocolate factory. He's just jumping up. He's tapping his toes. He is the most happiest man in the world. And I think like players that are in that mindset, he's back at Warriors. They've, they're looking to charge in. They've got a good forward pack. Um he may, he may or may not kick, but that doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I think he's going to be able to, you know, step up, use that leadership and just really put Walsh into some good opportunities and maybe even, you know, score some good points on the back of that. Isn't, isn't, isn't that something good to think about, you know, SJ and Reese Walsh playing in the same team? Absolutely nuts. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm currently I'm, I'm on my tippy toes. I'm making sure I hit the height and uh, I might be ready to roll the ro- play the roller coaster, ride the roller coaster, <laughs> you know. <laughs> ain't no roller coaster anymore, mate. Ain't no roller coaster anymore. What's your halves, mate? Like who, who are you going this year? Yeah, look, I've got Jackson Hastings locked in. Um, love Jacko. He's a good, good bloke. Um, and obviously 350 just seems too good to pass up. So I've got him as my starting 5 eighth of – I've got Amoni there in in the five eighth position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you do have Ilias, you do have Taff to choose from, and I think you've got to go one of those two. I know a lot of people have both of those two. Uh, Latrell is scheduled to come back in round three, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, maybe it's even further out. I haven't really looked into that. No, I think round, I think three, think round three is when he's supposed to be scheduled yeah. to come back because it's Roosters versus Rabbitohs, and I know Jared Weir yeah, Hargraves is going to take his head back. off. I'm Big coincidence. That's the game they got in. I'll be down in for. Sydney for that one, Olympic Park. Uh, I think March 25th. I'll be I'll be down there. I'm watching that rivalry for sure. Just on the earliest tough, do you think there's a world that tough will either play fullback and Latrell slips into five eighth? Walker becomes the main half. Or do you think it's Ilya's position? In Latrell's head, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, new coach, no one really knows what's going on. I would bank against it, but anyone who's like thinking, um, the only good, sorry, the main thing I should say, the good thing is that even if that does happen, it's just a straight Ilya's to tough. But, but that's Well, that's what I'm toying with. Do you go both? Do you make that cash after round two and then, you know, you, you, dump, you dump it off or something, or you dump it off or something like that, or you make that little bit of an upgrade Pat. to Cleary and that's... You know, you you cut a gun that you know an unperforming gun. How yeah. much money can you make him? And uh, yeah, that's I understand. I understand. But, but that's why the thing with these players, they risky. would have to absolutely brain it to to make some money in those couple of rounds. But who's your two main? Like, so you've gone at the Ilias, at the moment Hastings. in this team that we're looking at. But I think the the news has just recently come out that Cleary might not be fit for round one. Um, earlier in the week, it was looking like he was going to be fit for round one. So I did make the, the current team that I'm reading. That's, I've, um, I've got from, Cleary in there. That's from a pretty reliable source too. That comes from Catfish, who I believe gets it from Wacko's Whispers. So that 
normally pretty on the money. That yeah, sort of obviously, source. if he's not there round one, he'll be gone, and that'll give me a little bit of more, a little bit more money to play with. Uh, but I just think, you know, if he if he is fit for round one, um, even if he is dealing with a few shoulder injuries and a, and a bit of fitness issues, he's just a set and forget. He, he is your clear best option at halfback. You put him in there. You don't have to worry about trading him basically until you want to make a move around Origin. If you do. Um, Anyone else in the halves interest show? Anyone else that if you had unlimited money, what are you, what are you looking at oh, outside of Cleary? Oh, Luke Cleary, he looks good, and and I just there's a lot of points in the Roosters team. Obviously, I'm a big Roosters fan, so I'd love to see him go well. It's his team now, um, you know. I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off off Sam Walker, and he just you know that combination he has with Victor Bradley, that combination that he has with Tedesco, uh, is really really good. There's a few Smokies in there, but um, uh, like, I Jerome just think Hughes, Nico Hines, Cherry Evans, any of them. No, not, not not peaking the interest. What about DCE? If you anyone who's a Turbo fan, it's got to be a DCE. No, fan. if I'm going anyone from Manly, it's like I'll, I'll up it to Turbo or good old Joshy Schuster. I know there's yeah, a Schuster's few. Schuster's a weapon. Yeah, there's a few fans out there that aren't don't like the no look pass, but I love it. And uh, I think he's only going to get better. He's only going to get that fitness levels up. And I think Desi will play him. You know, big minutes. He's he's had almost a full full year at first grade now, uh, and he's just a freak, isn't he? Like he just. Really Really, really is. Or I, I think he'll do really well. Well, I think Manly will start using a lot of their squad more now too. It won't be the Turbo show anymore. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that. That's another reason why I don't think Turbo is going to be as effective. And um, what about Nico Hines? Any love for him? Is he too expensive? What if he was, let's say, a couple hundred grand cheaper? Would you look at him at 500K? Oh, I'd have a look. Um, but I just, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, he has come up. He, well, he's obviously both. He's, he's a 5'8", and he is a fullback, and he's come up. But he took a long time to get in that first grade squad. No, no, look, he set it on fire last year, but uh, the jury's still out, essentially. Love the haircut. Love the attitude. Wow, and I love back. Craig Fitzgibbon. I think he's a really, he's going to be a really, really good coach. But uh, with the Sharks, I think they're, they're going to be more of a grinded-out team. It's going to be definitely a heavy heavy concentration on defense. I don't know if they're going to be laying on heaps of points, and it's definitely going to take some time to gel there. Well, I heard a good argument for him is that at fullback last year, he got 13 points a game in try assists and 10 points a game in line break assists. Now, that's in a super storm team, but that's obviously shows that he's not just a you know, run through the gap, barge over him, score sort of player, the man can ball play. So I think like playing in the halves doesn't scare me that much. What does scare me is like you, I see Craig Fitzgibbon as a very defense oriented coach. And I think he's just going to nail down. We're going to win by, you know, making them score as little points as possible. doesn't matter how many points we score. My contradiction, which I do a lot in this to that, is the way the game is set these days is for offense. Any coach that's moving with that will have to be more attacking. So if Fitzgibbon does switch to what he knows best from defense and just says takes the reins off, the Sharks do have players in there that are very. They've got some. They've got some good attacking players. Like some Jesse throbbers. Ramian, you know, I think he's due for a big year. Do you know he didn't do anything at the like at the Knights? He didn't really do too much last year. Couldn't Connor Tracy few, at left center could couldn't go string well. a few games. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that Trindle. He's not a bad. He's not a bad player. And Will Kennedy, like you know, isn't he the dark assassin kind of? The wing just is the a steady plodder. That and then you look at his stats and you think, geez, he's done all right. Um, and they've got a. 
they've got a great forward pack. I think someone like Wade Graham coming through, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't get any head knocks and any injuries, he's going to be a very, very important part of that. Cameron McInnes playing lock is going to be a, a great joining player and a great link player. Um, yeah. Any love for McInnes? Pardon? Any love for McInnes? So, well, so on to second round? Yeah, I, I, I do have some love for McInnes, actually. I've got him in my starting hooker spot. At the moment, um, and you know, I, I love a re re Marnie, and I, 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 and you've got to go, Chris Randall. I just feel that that price is too good to turn down. Aaron Clark, well, we saw a bit of him last year, and and yeah, he's got that starting spot. But um, what you know, yes, there's a little bit of money to be made, but long term, uh, I just you know, I've I've got no love for Cook, like, like Cookie. He's great, but I just you hear what he said. What. <laughs> what? Uh, he's come out and said that now they don't got as controlling or experienced halves as they did because Reynolds is gone. Mm. He's going to run more. Uh, the shackles off, baby. He all he sees in front of him is sand, and he's just a beach. Uh, well, and he's a, ready to sprint. You know, he sort of had those. He said they had those seasons. He was coming up, and then he had that career season. There and was I felt that, he fell off two last or three, year. Sorry to cut you off. There was two or three years there that he was a must have. Like absolutely I've had him. master. I've had him. You know, I like to try new things. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I'm him. Like oh, I'm personally not going there, um, but there is a part of me that is intrigued that if he is lowly enough owned, um, instead of going my number one hooker I picked, which is my boy Harry Grant. If anyone anyone's watched that that Origin game when he debuted, Hero, Hero Harry, Harry, mate, Hero, Hero Harry's Harry. always dubbing me out. Agree, comes in. Um, just he was the best average hooker last year of sixty minutes. Mm. Like when I just anytime I don't want to pick him, I just tell myself that, and I'm like, if he gets ten extra minutes. He is gonna just break. You're talking about Harry here, yeah, Harry yeah. Grant. So he played 60 minutes on average last year, and he's the highest average hooker. In he's a freak. Like he's a freak to me. I'm happy to go to the hookers. He, he, even if he is missing. One, oh, you're talking about the play. All right. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even if he is missing the first. Uh, so even though he is missing the first game, um, to me, I'm gonna wear that because Chris Randall. I'm just gonna plug him in there for a game. Mm. He's gonna play. Hopefully, get a base of fifty or so. So you're gonna start the season with Harry Grant mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, even though he's not playing round one. Yeah, plenty of people talking about doing it. Mm. Plenty, plenty of people talking about doing it. Munster as well. Even cheese. I don't even know why they're suspended, to be fair. Um, I think Chris Randall's he's basically a must at that price. You need that extra money in your team. Just lock him in. Stop asking questions. Put it put it there. Uh, yeah, we're big on, like, trust your gut. Go with your own players. Um, big vibe men ourselves. Go with whoever you think. Um, but Chris Randall's probably one of them players that I, I don't put many in the must-have column. And I'm not putting him in the must-have column, but he's definitely in my squad. Um but yeah, it's just to me that other spot. It's just the cheese open. there, you know, and, and obviously if it starts off and, and the cheese is playing more second row and the and the cheese is playing more that role, do, do they have him coming off the bench this year? Do you think? Do you see a I reality there, do. or do you think Grant will start? I think with Vanuk and gone, the plan was always to play cheese at lock, mm. and that's what they're going to do. Um, they might not. If they don't, then I'm going to easily cull Grant down to someone else because I don't want to play someone that as highly as him off my bench, even at 60 minutes. Um, but if he starts, if he comes in round two starting, then he's not going to leave my squad. And then I'll just have to find a way to get Munster otherwise. hey? It was either him or Munster K. in my squad, and I've picked him at the moment just because I just found him that much better of a position 
all that much better in his position, whereas I'm willing to bank on Sexy Sexton and SJ. And um, it sort of rounds us into the second row here is I've gone a couple of uh, what I call uh, combos or handcuffs, as they're also called in the game. Okay. So I've gone Sexy Sexton and I've gone Dave Fafita. So Toby Sexton, hopefully feeding Dave Fafita. Um, that, it's a big call with Dave Fafita, people on the fence, off the fence. Um Brew and Whisperer, I was listening to them too. Whisperer's pretty much on his dick now and I, I might follow in on that because I was high on him all off-season. It's too I hard s- not to have him. I sort of went off him. It's but too just, hard not to have him. Well, what swayed me over the edge is last year, is everyone saying he scored all these tries and he did all this stuff and like watching last year when he just magically started coming off the bench and stuff and everyone said it's because of his defence and all that and to me the rumours of him getting needled up if that is true, and I choose to believe it is, like imagine everything he did under that sort of duress, if he can start getting fed proper balls now, I, I can see it well But he not only maintains, but he can also go up. He's one of the most naturally talented players we've ever seen. Well, it's an interesting proposition. Is and is Sexton outside? Is, is Sexton inside him or is it Brimson? Well, Sexton's my assumption at the moment, but no one knows until we get to trials. Yeah. Well, and – you know, obviously David Feeder he's come out and he says he's never feeling better and it's his first full preseason. But for me, he is the pearl of my Danube. Uh, you know, especially if Turbo's out, if Cleary's out. Um, I got money to spend. And if I'm gonna spend it on anyone, it's the big man because he he just he does have in in that second row, he's he's got the highest ceiling. He's an absolute freak. Some of the times he's just got two or even three tries. You know, him for a double wasn't a bad bet on sports oh, bet last year. Cash it on that a couple of times. Yeah. But like there's to to me, play like super coaches hate players that they'll be on, you know, 30 points within the 70th minute and then they can finish on a hundred. I love them players. Like, to me, the game is never done. Like, you could be looking at the worst score, but if you have someone with that potential, the ceiling on them players is massive because if they do that from the start, you're going to have a massive score. Yes, last year I banked on that with Kickout, and Kickout absolutely oh, kicked me. He was tough last year, rocks and diamonds, wasn't he? He was very much my bias for saying that he didn't deserve second round. I year. love Billy Kicks. Well, see, I love him, but I watched him closely because he was in my team, and the amount of times that he would get a ball in a half gap and just drop it. He'd get tapped by a 5'8", and drop it cold, and you're just like, bruh, just hold the ball, score a try, bank those points for me. Obviously, it wasn't needed because his team was absolutely killing it, but Dave Fafita, on the other hand, he'd get in the similar situations, not get as good at balls. He'd just be get, get he'd just get given the ball thirty meters out, do what you can, bro, and he would just knock off like that try he did against I think it was the Cowboys or someone I forgot who it was where he just bumped off about seemed like the whole team twice, like he was turbo esque when he was just bump 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 over like. I can't not have that in my team. No, he's an absolute freak. And then you look at your other gun options that are there, and he—he's obviously the most the most expensive. But you've got a sire, Papa Leahy. Um, can he repeat what he did last season? Uh, he's obviously leaving. He signed elsewhere. Uh, the Gus Bus, Angus Crichton, we love him. Um, but a little bit more quieter last year. It'll be interesting to see if Kiri gets him more involved. Kiri predominantly likes to play that left. I think they'll have Sam Walker on the right. Um, Cameron Murray, I really like at six fourteen. To be fair. I uh, really, really like him, but 
Like the, the second row is a position where you can get those middies in, you can save a little bit of money, and you can stock up some of those harder, harder positions that, that are that are out there. Tohu obviously injured for the start of the year. Uh, you know, if the cheese is playing lock, you know he, he is he is a bit of a freak. But it is a good point that you've got about Harry Grant there. Uh, I know a lot of players are, are high on, on Josh Coran, and then you then you're really starting to get a little a little bit lower. So you've got Dave Fafita in your team. I've got Dave Fafita in your in my team at the moment. Who who else are you going? Well, just to touch on Angus for a sec. Um, he's not in my team. He was in my team until I brought Big Fifi in, mm. but. You say he didn't really had a quiet year last year, like similar to Munster. He averaged seventy five in his quiet year. Yeah, quiet's a loose term there. Yeah. He, like he had a good season. He was obviously a lot of. He was a, a bit of a must have for a lot of people last year, but just just to start and well, well, I don't know. On the eye test, he had a quiet season. Same, but then he really heated up. I think come midway through the season and more end of the season, like he got suspended there. I think for a little bit at one stage or something sort of happened where he was out. But, like, same with Munster. A lot of people said Munster had a quiet season, but he had his best super coach year ever. So it's sort of like, is that the new game where people, you know, you don't have to look as deadly because there's so much offense going on the field. You just have to do your thing. But my other second row is. He was good for a 60, good for a 70. That's fair, the Gus bus. Well, if, my, I, if I'm spending and big money. he has money, got a ceiling too. If, can, he's spending the big, if, he, if I'm spending the big money, I'm going David Fafita. Yeah. And Titans, obviously, they have a pretty good opening draw as well. So I like it. To me, is David Feeder can be draw-proof. Like, that man can score against anyone. But like my next second roller on my list is um, Ewan Aiken. So I've sort of... Just doesn't do it for me. I'm not a believer. I'm not a true believer here. Well, I tossed up going um, Josh Karam, but he was a little bit too expensive. But... A lot of people high on him. Oh, Some, well, someone's going to be running off. Um, someone's going to be running off SJ on that right hand side, and if that's Ewan Aiken, with the way he did last year, and I know it was against a couple of bad teams. I think one was Broncos, Bulldogs, Raiders, and Dragons, or someone. But he averaged like eighty or ninety or something. He got one hundred and thirty in one of the matches. He was absolutely smacking tries in left, right, and center. His base was through the roof. And then he come up against, I think, when when he come up against Raiders, he went down to like a 50 score. But to me, he's only average, he's only based on a 55 average and Warrior's got a very tidy draw to start the year. He's come out saying he's starting second row. So if he does that, I sort of want those combo players of him and SJ, um, Sexton, Fafita, and I'm hoping that that can just sort of smack me out. Problem with that sort of strategy is Not that, strat. well, if they go bad, then they're both going to go bad. Um, my other second rower, I'll put a post up about him. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think it's crazy. And that's Jason Tamalolo. Oh, the big Lolo. Absolutely massive fan. Like, I, I just, everyone's writing him off. Well, he's vaxxed now, so. He's vaxxed. Everyone's writing him off. Everyone's like, the new game isn't for him. They, blah, need, blah, blah. Him on, they need him on the field. Like, they, they need him on the field. He's their captain. He's their, you know, he's their heart. He's their go-ahead. I yeah. want to see him. Rolling back from ten meters back and just charging in, sending them going like bowling pins. Like but that's what I want to see. From see, this Rolo. is what this is what gets me. This is what gets me. And you're not the only one to say it. Is everyone's like they didn't play him for enough last year? All this crap about the way Peyton plays him. But if you look at the numbers, and numbers ain't everything. But if you look at the numbers, he played two less minutes on average from the year before last. So from 2020 to 2021, two less minutes. His average score dropped from like 72 down to like 50-something, 50 55, I think it was. 
So to me, why did that happen? There's money to be made. It wasn't because of two less minutes on the field. That's for damn sure. Was it because he got two broken hands and was still playing rugby league whilst having two broken hands? I don't know. I'm not a professional rugby league player, but I know – I don't know if it would be very fun to play with a broken hand in a team that's getting smashed. Yeah, look, I, like, I like Lolo. And I think that, at, what is it, 484? So, yeah, he's 485. And the thing to me is is he's like 20 grand more than one of the most popular. And I haven't looked at his ownership, but according to the podcast, a lot of people are very high on Stefiano because last year, and I love Stefiano. I had him in from the start last year, absolute gangster. But... He scored like Are you talking about Ukutumano. Yeah, Ukutumano. Yeah. He scored three, I think three tries in four or five games last year when his minutes went up a bit. Peachy's now the squad playing most likely thirteen. That's going to push Twal into the forwards. You still got, I think, like um, Tamo there. I imagine, like they still like Mal- Malaki on the bench. Whatever his name is, Talakai. No, nah, not him. He's from the Sharks. I'm talking oh, about the young Tiger. That's still he just played bench for most of last year. But either way, they got rotations on that bench. Is he going to get these massive minutes? Is he going to keep scoring tries? To me, maybe he might. But I'll tell you, someone who showed Thomas me, McKayley. that's is, the man. Yeah, that's the only Jets player. <laughs> Jets for life, baby. Come on. Well, like to me, I've seen Lolo do what he can do. Yes, he might be playing prop. Yes, it might blunt him. But to me, he's not going to go any worse. So if the worst I'm going to get is 55 from a player that's shown he can go 70 to 100 on the reg, I'm willing to take that punt. Like, I'm willing to take that punt, and that's what I've got. It does round out a quite a solid second row, though, for you. Um, who else have you got on there, just quickly? Um, well, I'll just touch on it really quickly. I've got Isaac Targo. I know you got him in the centres. Mm. Um, I've just put him into second row. He's the one that will probably go down into my centres if someone like Sean Bloor gets a start. Yep. And then I'll put Sean Bloor in instead of Oliver Gildard or something like that. But I've also gone Wade Graham. Everyone knows that I'm pretty keen on Wade Graham, um, provided that he's playing 80 on the edge, unless he gets knocked out. I think he'll play big minutes. Well, he has to play 80 if he's playing. I don't think they're going to bring him off. Like a lot of people are saying that, and them same people are saying that McInnes is playing 80. And it's sort of like, are you thinking with your NRL brain or your super coach brain? Because to me, a second row is more likely to play 80 than what a lock is going to, if that makes sense, especially in a team that's stacked for forwards. If he does go down, Talakai is most likely next in, cheaper than Wade Graham. So I'm going him. Ruben Cotter, rumoured to play lock. Yeah, I like so, Cotter. Um, it does scare me. I've got two Cowboys forwards, but I just think the value on both of them, anyone who listens to the Rugby League Guru podcast, he like he's as high on Cotter as Savs is on Turbo. Oh, really? Like, hey, maybe yeah. even higher because I've like the rumor is now Savs is not going to start with Turbo. And that's unheard of. Unheard of. He'll have him in. He'll have him in. Come on, Savs. Has to. So that rounds out my second row. What about yours? Yeah, look, I, I've got gone a little bit cheap, obviously, other than David Fafita. I've got Wade Graham and I've got Ruben Cotter in there. Uh, very, very similar to you. Uh, Brendan Piacora uh, from the Broncos. Um, I just think that, you know, almost bottom price, cheapy. I think he's going to get some minutes. Like, you know, if he just gets those 20, 30s, he'll start going up a little bit and, and, and hopefully see a little bit more time. Um, they need, they need some support up there in the front row of the Bronx. Um, 
Look, uh, look, I try to go a little bit. I, I've got Savili Havili in there, mm. and I don't, I, you know, I haven't had a deep dive into him. I did want to talk to you about him. Where does he play? Where does he fit in? At 224 is quite cheap, but just more so a jigsaw puzzle for me. Um, just trying to fit, just trying to fit a few key players in. Um, and and then I've got a Sean Bloor. Uh, so I have gone quite cheap other than Fafida. I do plan on doing a little bit of patching up here, um, especially now that I know Cleary probably won't be starting round one, so I'll have a little bit more cash to play. Uh, and that's just going with that strategy of, you know, spending a little bit more money in my backs, looking for some of those big scores and mm-hmm. hoping, you know, you've got your Teddy, uh, your Puppy, I've got a Joseph Manu scoring a big score, Nathan Cleary scoring a big score, David Fafida scoring a big score and did making well up for year. some of those making up for some of those smaller, cheaper players you and I both went pretty um, pretty hard in the centre wings last year and we were up in the top 500 for a very good section. I think we nearly got the top 100 there, but I know I couldn't hit a captain choice early. I missed a bunch of the high 100 uh, hits. But because we had those high-scoring centres keeping us rolling throughout the season... Well, that's what, you know, you've got you've got a Joey Manu that goes one forty, and you've got some of these other players like a Ruben Cotter, or or, or you do you know? Um, I'm not going to say Havili, but you've got Wade Graham, probably a constant fifty sixty. You, if you can get Ruben Cotter up to sixty, you save a little bit of money there. You spend it in your centers, and they he goes one hundred and forty instantly. You you know you've doubled that score, and you do have Gus Bus. You've got Ryan Madison. You've got Murray, and very very capable of those sixties or seventies. Um, and that's just a little bit of the strategy that I'm looking at. Um, Great props. Yeah, well, Payne Haas and TPJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's – I know a lot of people are, are probably going the similar. Uh, I think TPJ should be in most teams. I think he'll he'll start the season one, as one of the most owned. Payne Haas, again, just going with that strategy that once I have him in, I don't need to trade him. You know, I can save on trades. I can work on other places in my team. Uh, the, the the forward pack isn't as strong. Kevy's going to need him out there. He needs wins early on. And Payne Haas is a monster. He's coming in fairly fit. So I like that. I've got Hamlin Ueli at 308 uh, over from the Sharks. Because, Don't mind it. Yeah, I, honestly, I like him. I think he's got a little bit of Andrew Fafida in him. He's He can he can break that play open. He's got Fitzgibbon coaching him. and But he's also got Fanuk in there leading him. Apparently, Stefiano said last year his game went to another level after learning off Fanuk in an origin camp. Yeah, I, I really think I'm, I'm expecting big things. And as for the Sharks, you know, front rowers, obviously it's pretty crowded there and it gets pretty crowded. Crowded there in second row, yeah. but no, I think front row is crowded, bro. Mm. Like you got Aiden Tolman, you got Fanukin, you got McInnes who's going to play a lock. You got mm. Brandon Humelli, you got Royce Hunt. Like you got some. Who's big Royce players. Hunt? Like, he was one of their main ones off the bench last year. I think Humelli's going to get those. You know, those 20, 25 minutes either side. Like you know, on each either like at the end of the first half, and then coming into the second half, and he's going to get some decent minutes for a Maybe. big boy. Like, I'm not saying he won't get this in minutes, but I'm saying they got a lot of boys. Like, let's say if McInnes plays 80 like people are saying he's going to, that leaves two 80-minute spots at prop. And you imagine Fanukin's going to take up a big chunk of one of them. Aiden Tolman can take up minutes. And then how many forwards are going to have on their bench? Let's say they go three props on their bench or 
two props, a second rower, or they'd have know. to have a fourteen. You know, they're gonna have to have a well, utility player. Well, that's I the feel. thing. Like, are they gonna go Trindle with Moylan on the bench? Are they gonna go um, your boy Matty Cavalu in the centers and go Connor Tracy? Apparently, they're not doing that. So, depending how, if they go a four forward bench, though, like I'd probably be. At 308. 308's what I'll I like. I'll throw the data. 308's I'd what I like. And he passes the eye test. He's, yeah. he's a big boy. You 100%. know, he'll get in there. He had a great season, bit of a breakout season last year. Um, and I, look, I don't mind him. I haven't seen him in a lot of teams. I like that price. And that's what I'm looking for. Uh, and he's sure as hell better than a bit of George Burgess, which I've seen in a lot of teams, you know. Um, I don't know how big Georgie, Georgie, gorgeous George is going to go. Um, any more hookers? I think well, we've already sort of covered this, but Cam McInnes, what, what's your thoughts on Cam McInnes? I think, I think when Braley goes off, McInnes moves into hooker. Maybe. So I, I, he's, he's locked in for big minutes. And at 535, you know he's got some attacking stats in him. You know he's a tackling machine. Uh, and he, he, did, he did the knee. It was the knee, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the ACL. But like with with to me, I don't think he's got massive attack in him. To me, the amount of minutes he plays is probably the amount he's going to score. So if he plays about sixty minutes, I think he's priced wellly, and I think he might play that sort of start of the season. If he starts playing eighty, then I might look to you know shake and bake some players to get him in. But um, I like yeah. that he's dual as well. Like I, I, I yeah. do like that option. You know, if I, I don't have a second rower that's going good, I can move him in, slot someone else into hooker. I can move him around a little bit. And also, like coming back from an ACL injury, I was talking to my cousin. He's a sports uh, sports physiotherapist, and he said the big thing about the knee is, you know, as long as they've got enough time to heal, it's getting that confidence back in it. And I think that's a little bit more important in the in the backs and the halves. And I, mean, I, might, I might be wrong, but someone like Cam McInnes, who's not going to have to take too many hit ups, he's He's, he's going to be a little bit more creative. He'll obviously take some if hit-ups. If he's that lock, though, he's going to have to take hit-ups. Oh, well, you've just talked about how big the forward pack is. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but, like, but, what's he going to do? So, like, oh, he'll, be getting, he'll be getting his hit-ups, but, but I, I just think that the confidence just, doesn't, doesn't but, come but, into but it as much. But where's his supercoach points going to come from if he's facilitating the ball? Is he going to be a, a – He's 58 tackles a game. But that's like, the point. And then, and then, then, the some, then some try assists from Hooker, I'm hoping. But <laughs> at, at, yeah. at, at, Five I just think there's a bit of value there. Where, you know, when he was that 80 minute player for the Dragons, the amount he gets some scoots out there. He he was a good player, and and that's one of the big one of the big reasons that you know he got chose for New South Wales a couple of years ago. Like Fitzgibbon loves him. He loves him. Big fan, uh, and also a leader of that pack, a leader of that team. So uh, I just. He he's been out. He's been in. I just keep floating around him, but I I, I do really like. I don't him. like like I don't mind it. I just don't. To me, a lot of people are saying that he's going to come back and be the exact same player he was at the Dragons two years ago when he played eighty minutes and was absolutely throbbing it. Like the Dragons didn't have as good of a forward pack as the Sharks do now. I don't know if Fitzgibbon's going to want to just go get out there, McInnes, and absolutely have to rely on you. Like people who are saying that Wade Graham's going to come off early, the same sort of stuff, you know, goes on to McInnes. Um, they also got Fanuk in there, so they don't need him out there for 80 minutes to be the the leader of the pack. They've got another man there that can also be yeah, a leader. Yeah, Fanuka might have a little bit of a rest, though, keep him more, keep him more efficient. Oh, Fanuka's definitely going to have a rest, but it doesn't mean that McInnes is going to have to be 80 minutes out there. Fanuka can be out there while McInnes is having a rest. But back to props. I like is, him. Um, I've got TPJ as well. Hmm. Um, I'm sort of going against the the, the Payne-Haas mould. Um, I've got Dry Arrow in there instead. 
So my two props. Try arrows. Yeah. So I want, I'm banking on him taking Sewer's spot on the edge. Yeah. So I'm not too big of a fan on going the the props, um, actually traditional props. So I want to go two second rowers, most likely going to be out there for, you know, 70 to 80 minutes. Um, maybe not with Jairo, but we'll see how we go. And even at some stage when Tamalolo, if he is playing prop like everyone thinks he is, he'll get the duel at round six. He'll be then a prop dual eligibility. I can even slip up him up there during Origin and stuff. Um, my two on the bench, I've just got Tepe Maroa and I've got on the boy that you hate, George Burgess. He's just sort of a cover spot at the moment. Puzzle piece. Yeah, Puzzle just to piece. have in there, just to sort of. Yeah, I've got Tepe. Yeah, so it's just to round out the front row. But, like, I'm, my strategy this year is try not to have a traditional um, front rower, I feel they really got hurt last year because of the new game where it was just more offense orientated. And, and that's was- what, when the rule changes come in, I do see the front row playing a little bit more of a part, sort of taking those first one, two, three hit ups and coming out, getting those meters, getting those over 10 meters, some of those big boys. Um, and, you know, hopefully putting the work in as well, getting those minutes. Yeah, I see that. I just also think the way the game's going is it's a lot of like, you know, your opportunity is going to be there, strike hard, strike now, Cobra Kai sort of like style offense <laughs> and then like strike first, strike hard. But like I, I just want two second rollers there that I think have high upside on them. Jairo has that upside provided he's getting fed properly. He yeah, might change. Yeah, see the Jairo of 2020. Uh, I love it, you know. Well, it you just... can see the Jairo that plays five good games every year. If we can get that for 24 games, we'll be laughing. Yeah, origin origin arrow, please. But um, that rounds out our teams, and we do hope we've given you something to Don't think about war rumours. Yeah, let's go to questions. some questions. But we hope we've given you something to think about. A lot of contradicting thoughts there. Uh, a few different players. I know, you know, Jay Stats has gone right into the stats, which I love. I you know, I hope I've given you some insight and in who I believe is passing the eye test or heart. Oh, but this is what we do all off season, or and then even through the year, we'll just come at each other with different players. I'll convince him one way, he'll convince me another way. But like, this is why we love Supercoach. Like, I'm not a big fan of those players that you must have this player, this player only. Trust your and gut. Don't if you the like pack. someone, that's why I like Ovi's style of play. Like two weeks ago, or like not even that, two days ago, he had uh, Radley was like his main player. Oh, Victor the Inflict. Yeah. He might be back in soon. <laughs> I had a dream about him last night. <laughs> Boo Radley. Like, yes. like we, we're big believers that if you like watching someone, that's why I'm going for feeder. I like a lot of things tell me the same thing as Turbo. Can he replay season? Maybe not. But I just love watching him play. And I think with the injuries he had last year, maybe he will replay it, maybe not. But I want to be on the ride if he does. And if he is, it's going to be one fun ride. You also can't underestimate Coach O'Brien whispering in the ear of the Siwa walking bars. You know, they, they, they'll go to another level, some of my players this year. That's people, what I really feel. For people who don't understand what he just said, that is the name of his team. That is my team name. I've never, done, I've never done a team name based on, you know, a play on words, a little bit of a pun. And I wanted to go all Roosters players. So I've gone Siwa. Walker by and see you. I'll see you walking by. Is uh, I don't mind, how I'm I don't saying mind. it. I don't. I don't mind it. But 
Look, I, I just I couldn't just, come up with anything better, to be fair. So I've locked it in. Let's nah, go. It's a good one. It's a good one. I go the traditional, just pick my, one of my favourite players and just throw on. Only because the Glamorgan Vale Grizzlies does not fit in. They need to make a longer name. Oh, the Grizzlies. Shout they out to where bad. I grew up, Glamorgan Vale. Get the Grizzlies in there. Come on. But let's get to some questions. Look, if you haven't, again, joined the Facebook page, jump on it. NRL Supercoach War Room. We want to answer your questions, your more pressing questions. I know we spent a lot of time trying to give you something to think about this uh, this podcast, go through our teams, give you some of our thought process, some of our strategies. We've got trials coming up in a couple of weeks. The Indigenous All-Stars game is going to be very, very exciting. Rugby League is almost here and I can't wait. Um, but I know we've got um, some questions from the page. Jay, uh, well, we what answered, questions have we got? We definitely answered a couple throughout the night, so I'm not going to go through them all. But shout out to the guys that um, reached out to as well who have been contributing a lot on the page. We're very big fans. Um, Leash uh, Tetley, he's come in with a couple of questions. Um, he's got a whole list, but we'll only do one or two tonight. We'll get to the next ones. Leash well done, Leashy. We love him. Keep him coming, mate. love your work, mate. Um, his big question, though, is Hayes Dunster, Bailey Simonson for the Eels. How do we rate them both? It's not a bad question. Sivo's mm. out for the start of the year. Fergo's in a mm. Japanese jail. What for? Well, <laughs> what no, for? What is this world coming for to? The, the Fergie Ferg. But um, yeah, so there's two wing spots up for grabs. There may even be a centre spot if Waka Blake. They or, love Hayes Dunster. They love they, him out there. There is word that he is going well. Well, Bailey Simmonson, they didn't buy him to, you know, keep him in the paddock. They're definitely going to Someone has to keep the bench warm. Well, they definitely didn't buy him for that. So, And he's rated as a pretty decent player. So, When he plays fullback. Whoever gets that left wing spot, which is pretty good real estate in the Eels, um, Gutho, your boy, could be feeding him some... Some some decent ball. So Oh look, I don't care who is feeding some decent ball. Just get up and give me the Gatherino. <laughs> I want it. I need it. Give it to me. Three pumps, three pumps. That's all we need. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, Leach, I actually rate them both um in real life. I actually rate them both to be decent players. Um Hayes Dunster, he's He's meant to be he, – he got his base stats up a bit near the end of last season. But my answer would that be whoever gets that left wing spot, that's the way I'd be leaning. So whoever takes that left wing spot, the Eels love to swing it left. Gutho loves to swing around the left and pass right to left. So whoever takes that spot is where I'll be going out of them two. Um, we also – we answered this a bit earlier, but we had um, Jared Ost. Um, we had Jared Ost who asked, with Cleary out, who is the best replacement to go there? Um, we didn't really answer it, but we went over players that we sort of had in the position. But depending what you want to do, Jared, like if you want to go for max points, me personally, I'm probably leaning towards maybe a DCE. Um, that is a big risk. I know he's just the second person on the, on the list as you go down, but to me – it just if Turbo catches fire, I think I think a big thing was is the rubdown boys, and I know I've gone to them a couple of times, but I'm a really big fan of the the stuff that they're putting out. But they talked about that second rower there, Olga Tomato or something. I definitely butchered it. I'm not good with names. <laughs> um, but that big second rower that's running holes there, he wasn't there in the preseason. It was meant to be um Curtis Sirinan. So they had to, like, get their combination throughout the year. DCE loves a ball-running second rower. The more the year went on, the more destructive he looks, and I agree with everything that the the rubdown boys said. So DCE definitely could be a big shout. Plus, he's going to have people coming for his spot with Origin. 
this might be another chance to get another premiership before he goes with the team they got now. I don't know how long that they're going to be holding. Hey, look, this. he's the captain of Queensland. DCE, he's also good for it. I think Manly will be good this year, uh, as good as they were last year. Um, we'll see. We'll, well see. They, well, they're, well, they're in a position that if they can catch fire, they could be going for on a big streak. And I think DCE, um, he gets very sort of flying under the radar because of what Tommy and that does. Um, Nico Hines, I'm more of a back end of season for that one, Jerry. Too much. Too much there. It's very expensive, but also, like I said, I think Sharks will be very defensive orientated. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd much rather a Luke Keary at 528. Uh, you know, even even taking a bit of a, like, you've got SJ there, Sean Johnson. Um, I'd probably go Sam Walker over Luke Keary. Okay. Like, it's more to me is. Won't see you in the top thousand. Well, the more reason I'm thinking this is that. And that's if Sam Walker was to kick goals. Um, if he wasn't, I wouldn't. But more to me is I'm I see Luke Curious falling into that Cooper Cronk type player. I don't think he's gonna be I don't think he's gonna be the big like go out there and get massive scores anymore. And he's never really he's been that player, they can do it over a few weeks, but he's never been able to do it over a whole season. He has them 30s in him. And I think he's the same thing as last year. He killed it for two rounds against a Manly and I think it was a Bulldogs or a Broncos. Start of the year, two trash teams, and he absolutely brained them. When he come up against a good team that he got injured against, he got injured in the 75th minute and was on 30 points. So my thing is, is if he is that more controlling player, yeah, the, the knee worries me about Kiri, to be fair. I'm not worried about his ball playing. I'm not worried about his skill. I, I love his combination with Tedesco, the combination he's going to have with Radley if they can all stay on the park. But it's just that confidence in the knee for the first three, four weeks. You might be able to pick him up a little bit cheaper later on. So I've, I've, I think Kiri's priced at where he's going to be. I think he's at 60, 65 player. Um, Sam Walker, to me, I think just has such a high ceiling in today's game that if he is bulked up a bit more, he is a bit more confident. Confident in his game, that's, I know people are going to be studying that Sam Walker, him. That's saying that Sam Walker starts. Like I, I definitely see a world, you know, you know they bought Connor Watson. Um, I see a world that Sam Walker is fourteen. They've got Drew Hutchinson, who was solid for us, a little bit more of a level head on him. Um, Robbo likes to bring on his young kids a little bit, yeah, like little, a little bit that. faster. Um, you know, I think that's that's as as you touched on DCE, good quality, uh, Kiri. Um, or, you know, go with Sean Johnson or someone like that. you got Jacko Hastings there at 5'8". He can move a few pieces around if you haven't already got him. We have been going for an hour, so I'll just pop in one more question because uh, we don't want to be here all night, and if we uh, let us go, I will be here all night. Um, but I had, uh, and I'm going to butcher this last name as well, but Ethan Zivjik, and uh, I, I just call him Ethan like Z. Ethan Z, Ethan baby. Ethan Z, baby. Yeah, but he said, and he's brought up a very good point, and a lot of people have sort of touched on it but not really talked about strategies, and I know everyone's going to start talking about more closer we go, but COVID planning. And one of the things he brought up that I really liked is, do you think it's not a good idea to load up with, you know, how sometimes you have three or four players on the same team? You choose the teams that are going to go well. So, you know, you tend to go, you know, float between a couple of those players. So last year you'd have like a Turbo or a DCE and a Garrick in your team and Mm. you could also have a Cleary and a To'o and, you know, maybe a not really yo, but some people had happy at the start of the year and you could have a puppy, Grant Munster. Like there's teams like even Roosters, you can load up on the right wing, the fullback, a Kiri or a Walker. Instead of loading up and all that, spreading it more evenly across the board and only really have one or two, two max in one team, just so when COVID inevitably does hit the team, 
If it does, you don't get drowned out as much. What do you think of that play? Yeah, I think it's I think it's smart. Um, I definitely think COVID's becoming less of an issue. Uh, I saw a stat the other day that eighty percent of the NRL players have had COVID. You know, we've seen Big Nels; he's got the vaccination today. Lolo last week he got the vaccination. Um, it, it is absolutely going to be a factor. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it with Djokovic in the tennis. We've the BBL. We've, yeah, the BBL. Um, yeah, some of those teams are decimated in the BBL. Um, but you know we. I think we we're getting through we're getting through the thick of it right now, and and, and it is going to be better. And, and come the start of the season, early March, uh, I think we're going to be in a little bit better of a position. Um, you know, touch wood, we not have another bloody variant of something come out, and we're all buggered again. But, uh, but I yeah, no I think with- it, it's definitely something to think about because it is going to play it is going to play an aspect on the season, and it's something that you need to put in your preseason planning. I tend to agree with Obi there, though, Ethan, that. Um, I think that if 80% of the players have had it, we're sort of going to be in this what I call the uh, the immune zone or, you know, you're just going to be protected that for maybe a month or two. And I the hope would be is unlike, you know, places like America, we're very more staunch on having to have the vaccine. And if everyone does have it, hopefully in a month or two, and really I have no idea, I'm not a doctor, but I'm assuming that our rates won't be as high in that period, in a Storm few months down the in track. trouble. Puddle-like depth this year. Oh, very well. Puddle-like depth. We do have the best coach in the game, though, so. Yeah, belly ache. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. That's it. And just to wrap it up, a quick question. Uh, I, I do like that we are already getting fans from the UK. Um, one William Jackson, he said, how are the Roosters training in preseason? Uh, training up a storm. They're all looking huge. They're looking great. Um, and I love any questions about the Roosters, so send them my way. But super coaches, war rumors. I hope we've given you something to think about. Uh, I'm Obi. This is Jay. Keep your beers cold and your rods hot. See you next week. It's a simple law of the jungle. Only the strongest will survive.